Welcome to the Degree of Experience Podcast, Episode 14. I'm your host, Chris Bargeron, and I'm in agreement. With with what? I'm Sir Puck here, and we've made it to 14. That's Brendan Shanahan level. That's amazing. I'm going to start dropping hockey reference. I'm glad you spent in the the episode numbers because like hockey players numbers are super cool in my opinion there's usually a story behind it how are you doing chris i'm doing good sir puck um i i'm i want to stop the podcast tell us tell us more (laughs) he sends a story behind and i was like who is this person (laughs) well like the numbers usually the player has a reason they wear a number Mm. uh 14 brendan shanahan was essentially essential in propelling the Detroit Red Wings to uh, the 1996, 97 Stanley Cup championships. He was kind of like one of those missing pieces as far as the lineup goes. He added a little grit up front as well as some offensive talent, some goals. Uh, And he beat the shit out of Patrick Waugh. So, I mean, what more could you do to become, you know, uh, ingrained in the heart's minds and souls of city of detroit and its citizens no matter where we are so yeah brendan shanahan 14 nice i hear detroit all i can think of is i'll buy that for a dollar so i was about to jump and i mean i guess i have to live up to the sir puck don't i yeah well you do well and i want to give you you know we had that one episode i was just like we just started talking about sports i was like eh, you know you gotta, you gotta, we? you gotta break the ice with that. a little something. You don't remember that, yeah. Well, yeah. you Whoa! are, you are Sir Puck for a reason. But welcome everyone to Degree of Experience. Uh, it's not a sports podcast, though. Surprise! It's a podcast where we reevaluate our past in order to redefine our present and future. Um, so we are a categorized mental health podcast although we are not necessarily in your standard mental health podcast style and it's a bit on purpose to make the topics that we talk about uh i feel like more approachable for a uh, a unique demographic than maybe your standard uh mental health podcast tell them what we aren't chris uh we aren't uh professionals though we are not trained we're not certified uh we are just speaking from a degree of oh there you go experience yeah degree of experience yeah um you know because i you know a lot of the start of the show was me discussing my raw past and the shame i had over it and how I'm grateful for it. And, and, you know, my experience has helped make me the person I am today. And, uh, and it's, and then as we've enjoyed making a podcast, we've had to sort of reach out for some more content. And so now we have guests, we talk, we have discussions, uh, as we will today talking about the four, maybe five agreements. Five. Yeah. Was there a, a, another draft of the book? There's a sequel, yeah, with a fifth um, agreement. I think it's called The Fifth Agreement, and it I was not even aware of it. Um, check this out for synchronicity, because uh, we had, I think it was last, it was, it was just before, just as the last episode aired, um, and, and the, 
and just for for y'all listening, like this podcast comes out every two weeks, but because of our lives, we kind of have to juggle things. We sometimes we record the week after, sometimes we record just before an episode's gonna come out. In this case, we're recording the episode like what four days after really your week. life. Let's be real. Don't yeah. group me into the chaos. Oh God. No, I'm sorry. It is our lives. I don't want to invoke more chaos. My bad. There you go. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Reeled myself back in on that one. Yeah. Well, little kids, sometimes stuff pops up or internet, sometimes stuff pops up, you know? Yeah. Um, but that said, uh, yeah, you said something about you. You had recently just started uh, reading or listening to the, to the book, yeah, the four agreements. Now. Yeah. Other than the internet and that kind of stuff, you know, right. text there. Just can't read a book. I don't know why, but yeah, I uh, mentioned I was reading the Four Agreements. Yeah, and it got me thinking. Oh, I've read that too. Maybe that'd be a good discussion point. And then two days later, I'm at uh, Unity North for a service, and they had a couple special guests, and the topic was the Fifth Agreement. Huh. And uh, and I said what? And um, and so and that kind of what that's what synced in, in for me. I'm like, okay, if this is popping up. It's there's definitely something in the universe saying this is this is the topic. So yeah, it's oh, it works. Yeah, yeah. the fifth agreement. Yeah. So a collaboration like, with his son. I'm reading the internet, people. I'm sorry. I'm what I do. I gave you grief for it last time, but I think I think it's it, it's good. I think especially for one of us to be able to do it. I'm, it's just what I do, so it doesn't matter how you feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could, man, but I'm stuck dibbling with my knobs. Yeah, I got two. Being the engineer, that's why my face keeps going white because I I switch away from you. Yeah, we're doing the video thing again, but yeah, um, that's pretty cool. I always believe the universe presents itself as it should, and you kind of things pop up so uh yeah i thought it was an interesting book i don't necessarily agree with it all from the very like foundation of not being in charge of your dream i understand like what he's trying to do by establishing that you can uh force change you know like here's something that you have no control here's a way to get in control um but like <clears throat> spiritually and stuff like that i think we come here to work out specific karma beforehand mm -hmm. and we make choices in the relationships like i'm here in a way to uh have and further relationships with those closest to me like i believe since you've been in my life so long now before we came down here we met up and had this like yo we're gonna work on this 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 and this and we come down to this plane of existence to learn those lessons and take them back up with us to hire, you know, go upon the, the, the path in ascension to whatever yeah. big happy ball of everything. Right. Yeah. Um, so from a foundation, like I kind of, because he, he talks about how it's like the world's dream and all that kind of stuff. And you have to have your own dream. So that's what I mean by like starting from not being in control. And I agree to a certain extent from the point like, like, yeah, nobody really agrees the religion and all that kind of stuff. But like, you well, know, they come in 
but like i i guess i just have a fundamental different belief from like my different spiritual path along the way that i think we choose and all that like what i just lined out yeah and it's real funny like uh I got two paths off of what you just said because, A, I mean, generally agree with you, like, especially when I first read it. It's been one of those reads for me when I read it. I kind of was How like... How long has it been? It's been about maybe five it? months since I read it. Okay, so it's um, at least recently. Yeah, oh yeah, it's been this year. and um, But it's something that I still use in practice. Um, I actually have the agreements posted up throughout my house as sort of reminders at it various tells spots. You to do that yeah. at one point. Oh yeah, I guess that's right. But um, so before I talk about my, because I find it interesting that you, that your interpretation in, really included the word control at its core. But let me. But before I jump into that, Rebecca is doing this thing. Oh God, now I can't remember what it's called because I'm horrible about these things remembering specific names. But it Rebecca, has to, your wife. No, I know. Yes, Rebecca is my wife. But the Dharma. She's she she's taking a thing where people read the um, Dharma bums. So, I don't know, but basically they, is it it's somebody, book? is that what she, no, it can't be a Kerouac book. No, they, they, they try to interpret your past life and, and tell you like your previous lives yeah. and what your, and what your sort of the reason that you're here or how you can, based on those readings, kind of determine like what your lesson is or what your, you know, how to live with this information in your current life. Um, and so I found that interesting with what you were referring to about like, we came here, you know, we're here to sort of, you know, work on something from last time, you know, as we sort of improve upon ourselves each time until we end up in the, you know, the place or, um, the, maybe even some call it the truth. I've been hearing that used a lot and people have been using that for a divine description of whatever, whatever that grand place of oneness we all come from. Um, and I kind of dig like truth, um, but yeah, see, it was neat. She, she, they told her her past lives and even like, apparently that like me and her were together in a past life and it didn't work out. And they were like, now in this life, if you want it to work out, you should try to express yourself more clearly, like your intentions, your goals. And, um, but back to what I found interesting about your interpretation of the, the four agreements is, and again, so it's been a little while. So the, the, the way he starts off is a little fuzzy for me, especially like, cause when I read it, there was a little bit of like, okay, yeah, whatever dude. But then as I got deeper into it and as I started putting it in practice, you know, I kind of, I feel like I see more eye to eye with it, but the idea of like, right. It's like the world is, the world as we experience it is a dream or like we're dreaming, but, but the control aspect is, is not so much that it's out of control. It's just like at a young age, before we realized that we made agreements that's that defined our reality, especially in childhood and that on a daily regular level, huh? Imprinting. Yeah. Imprinting. Right. Uh, you know, and, and on a daily regular level, we, we keep, uh, we keep reinforcing these agreements that create our misery or could create our, you know, our joy and our happiness. And the whole point of this is to try and sort of reset your personal agreements to a more positive sort of perspective perspective. And he simplifies it into these four essential agreements that if you practice these on a daily basis, you will, you will start to experience a dream because that's how I can remember. It. It's like this: the world is a dream, you know. No, so it's, it's yeah. 
the brain is always dreaming when you're asleep you have no context for the dream and when you're awake you're interpreting the the waking dream that's kind of what he says in the very beginning okay so the the brain is always dreaming because it kind of resonated with me i was like oh, okay that yeah i dig that too um it's and like when you're asleep you get to make your own context for the dream i think that's how it said and when you're awake like you're obviously interacting with the world and other people in those agreements you've made mm-hmm. uh with other people it also leans into the toltec um stuff and like i mean it, it talks about a lot of different stuff that i don't have any authority to talk about like go read it for yourself um the way i found it it was it's just been on lists forever of you know people i respect like uh hockey players like but not to tie it back but hey i'm sir puck uh yeah. the 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 red wings will often do like for media like book lists you know especially with everything that went on recently you know that's a big oh everybody's stuck at home give them a book list yeah. um so it was on a lot of people like that it's been on motivational people's lists i think i said before when we were talking big sean who's you know, it's a rapper from Detroit, but uh, it's somebody who has been positive in my life, I think, as far as some of his messaging and just like, you know, it's my get it type music. You know what I mean? Everybody's got to have the jazzy go get it music, right? Yeah. Um. So it just I finally added it to my audible and, you know, I think, uh, gosh. Had to be maybe a month ago at the at the the latest i don't know i got to it pretty quick either that or it had been there for a long time and i finally decided to to listen to it so um yeah but yeah and um and for me honestly it was is uh i got involved in this uh group um this dream weaving group basically that that utilizes the four agreements so in, you, in their whole you workshop. You got back in touch with the, the the Dreamweaver? No, no, it's coincidental. It's coincidental that it's called Dreamweaving. Actually, it was funny too when I when I got when I got in in with them. Um, the group is called Dreamweaving or Dreamweavers, mm-hmm. and um, but it, you're right. It's 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 it was like I was like you know it's funny actually when I went to the Rainbow Gathering I was nicknamed Dreamweaver. They're like oh that's perfect. But but one of the big things is is right is sort of like a daily um, accountability about us all living by the four agreements, and mm-hmm. and that's and so that's what got me reading the book. That's what got me in the practice, and um and it's and it's been whether or not you know whatever about the, my perspective on it is whatever the the background that's presented of it. Right, like you can agree or disagree with it. Um, you right, which is ironic for the four agreements. But the those core sort of agreements that he says to try and utilize in your daily life um, can really help shift your perspective. Absolutely. Um, um, so, so I was thinking, yeah, we just like work our way down and talk about each one. You know, when we think of it and our experience with it. Um. So, without further ado, let's go into number one, and I got the book right here to cheat off of. Well, and like I didn't realize it, it it was as old as it was. I don't think I realized that either. You're talking about the publication or just the yeah. uh it came out in nineteen ninety seven. 
Okay, now you're making me feel old because I don't think that that's that old. <laughs> you shock, man. That's like more than 20 years ago. Oh, it's not that long ago. God, uh, you're you're just on that hill looking down. Man. <laughs> you, know, you know, some of the best wisdom came out from like how long ago? You know what I mean? 20 years is nothing. Um but because I remember this book floating around when I worked in the bookstore in the like, you know, around 2000, 2001 ish. Um, first, I guess that, that would have been a long time ago. That was in the height. That was in the height of its release. But yeah, it got on Oprah right around then, according to the the spread around. So I yeah, bet it that's took what, it a couple of years. I bet that's what put it on my radar because um, quick. Did you guys have a bookend? A, 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 no, so working at the bookstore, uh, so bookstore story, everybody. Um, I need a, sto- a random story jingle. Uh, when I, yeah, I worked at this bookstore called Chapter Eleven Bookstore, um, which ironically, the Chapter Eleven Bookstore did end up filing a Chapter Eleven. They're not around anymore, um, but they were. They were just you know they were a neighborhood bookstore in the metro Atlanta area. I think they ended up having like fourteen locations, and it just was this. It would just be in the strip mall by you know the area high school. And their big thing was like every book got discounted, but it was like 5%. Like basically you saved on tax and then bestsellers, they would mark off like 30, 40%. But we, and sometimes we had an Oprah section, but really biggest thing was that like Oprah had, I can't remember if it was every week or every couple of weeks, but she always had a sort of a book club episode. And, and it's, it's, and and we would kind of try to be like what we're doing. Yeah, we're doing this episode, right? <laughs> hey, man, I'm down. I I could use a you know, do some more, some. Anyway, I'm not gonna go into my my struggles with reading regularly these days. I borrowed a book from the library, and I told myself I was gonna finish it before I returned it. And I'm only like 200 pages in. And I got to return. So I like audiobooks because yeah. I go to the gym. I'm sticking with the gym stuff. Although I've been catching up with podcasts. It's yeah. actually kind of nice. Yeah, I'm back to regs on the because I went to a no agenda meetup. Just you did, so, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. Have to talk about that later. Yeah, um, I'll put a put a bookmark on it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so but working in this bookstore with the whole Oprah book club thing, we would it it basically was every week or every two weeks, whenever the heck it would happen, it would just be like a surprise. All of a sudden, the phone would ring, come four o'clock or four thirty, whenever that show was. Hey, you got such and such book. And That's awesome. a lot of times it would be a newer it's book. Hilarious. So yes, we had some copies, but every so often she would do a book club episode on some book that was out of print. I kid you oh. not. And then we'd be, and then, and those were the best because they, they, uh, it didn't happen that often, but I know it happened at least once. I remember just being like, uh, I'm sorry, man, we can't get that book. It's out of print. That's BS. It was on Oprah. I'm like, I understand it was on Oprah. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I'm just telling you. It's out of print. <laughs> I cannot get it. So yeah, we. Uh, Actually, that led to them having to give them a heads up or something, you know. Well, I think they had a heads up with the bigger bookstores, but a little bookstore like ours, we had no idea what was coming. But we had no idea what was coming. It feels like a clip in for <laughs> drop the record scratch. Well, and then they went out of business, and I wonder why, right? Um, you know they go out of business. Yeah, yeah, they um, they and well, I How love the irony. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't get past that irony of 
a company called Chapter 11 going out of business eventually. I mean, and, and I mean, every business goes out of business eventually, but we're talking like they went out of business after what, like 10, 15 years, which I guess is a good I feel run. Like they, I but. feel like they uh, even, I feel like they even filed Chapter 11 multiple times or something. They filed Chapter something, you know? Are you Googling it? Because uh, I am curious. I'm, I'm looking. It's kind of, I'd have to open stuff and read. I don't know. Okay. It's from 2015. And then it says, was sold, changed ownership. Perry Tanner, former corporate vice president for marketing for Scientific Atlanta, dot, dot, dot. And I don't really want to click on it. That's yeah, okay. And just, yeah, October, well, 05. So, yeah. Chapter 11 bookstores. So they filed for bankruptcy. Filed for, okay, I'm going to. Let's see if this is paywalled. So yeah. they first filed for it in 05. Which had been like really three years down. after I quit. Really fell down a uh, rabbit hole here. Yeah. And then there's another one. It's not dated. Because the internet. Yeah. Well, I can tell so, yeah. you. I mean, we're in story mode. I'll tell you. I mean, this is part of why uh, maybe what happened. Um we had in my location, we had, um, so they, they had, you know, even at the time, kind of an ancient, uh, point of sales system, like DOS based. It was real easy. Sure. And the inventory management, I mean, anyone, and we had issues all the time with books missing or we couldn't find them. And so, it, you know, you just go into the computer and you can just correct, you can just correct it and just say, you know, to change a one to a zero or, a you know, zero to a three of our inventory. And, um, so, so it was really easy. You could just like, you could, you could make a book disappear and then come back and return it, you know, to the place yourself. And there was this, there was this guy at our location who was like the most stand up ish guy. Like he was a prick, kind of a stand up ish guy of, you know, the sort of person that like, kindness. yeah, he was on, he was on this high horse and, he 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 shoved his morality in almost everybody's face and like called people out for things and you know just just I just always knew there was something off about that guy right and um one day they call him into the like the I, I don't remember who it was but one of the bigwigs of the company showed up waited for him in the back and they they called him back there um and 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 quick side note too this was at the time where I had this manager who was awesome he was the perfect manager for a stoner like me at that time because he's i mean you you see the video but he his face was always in a book like he was always in the back hanging out reading fantasy novels and then if you did see him he would he literally would walk out with a, his face in a book and say i'm going to lunch and would disappear for like an hour or two and then come back go right back to the back he was like this huge Dungeons and Dragons guy, super antisocial. He was awesome because he just wasn't there, even when he was there, you know? So we like ran the place kind of a thing. Um, so this guy, this, you know, Mr. Mister uh, Up on His High Horse uh, gets called to the back. And then, uh, and then he's escorted out. And uh, and then they stay back to run our manager talking for him a while. Well, it turned out the guy had been uh, returning books 
and altering the inventory for a long time. And they finally like did an audit and figured it out. And the guy had done something like 10,000, at least I remember the number roughly around like $10,000 worth of, of, uh, of, of returns to his own card. So let that be a lesson, kids. Stay in control of your inventory management system and make sure your books are right. (laughs) And also, you know, if you're going to steal money, like, don't turn it to your single card so you get caught. (laughs) I don't think uh, that's the type of degree of experience we're trying to impart on people, Chris. Let's not give people tips on how to do it. Yeah, but you could tell the kind of mentality I had at that time because that's that was my big takeaway at the time. I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> you should have done it. Well, this yeah, way. So yeah, so they caught him and then and then my my manager got the boot because he didn't catch it. Um I they didn't fire him, but I mean he lost his position and then we got another manager, but so it was an exciting for a bookstore, it was uh Yeah, you know. It's exciting place, but I never no read the Four Agreements why why I worked there, you know. And although I think it was an Oprah book, kind of back on subject, yeah. Um, but yeah, with the Four Agreements, the first agreement is be impeccable with your word. Yeah. So interesting. Impeccable. M. Impeccable. Uh, it's without sin. Is kind of the the translation and i really dig this because this kind of i've always believed that words uh do matter can mm-hmm. get some metallica in there for me words do matter yeah so i give credit where it's um, due though that's a no agenda reference everybody whatever, no agenda show.net we want people to listen to us not them i know but uh so i believe that wholeheartedly and i think it's interesting because you know, it goes back to what we already kind of touched on a second, which was imprinting. But your word, it talks about like this girl who's just like this young girl who has a beautiful voice and is just like exuberant, full of life, singing, like kind of getting louder and louder and louder and louder as the day goes on. Maybe like a little girl you may know, uh, <laughs> just, you know, kind of like constantly like getting louder and louder and mommy. Mm-hmm you know, had a long day at work and has a killer headache and finally just snaps and says, you know, your voice is terrible. Stop singing. And yeah. that girl never sings again. Yeah. Or even just a phrase with the tone behind it. Stop. Never, never sings stop singing. Again. Yeah. And they literally agree to like, I won't sing anymore. I'll stop singing. So they um, hold that agreement. That's what it, like the whole idea of these agreements is, is you hold that agreement with yourself. You're really the only one that's, uh, it's holding you back because you believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's super powerful. I'm glad it's been out there that long, but I mean, geez, I think the world would be a little bit better by now. It's been around since 1997 and translated into 47 different languages or whatever. Yeah, but how many people uh, read it and then was like, oh, that's great. I should totally do that. Like a new diet. And then they do it for two weeks. And then, you know, it's... Is that what we do? I, don't I mean, know. that's what some people See, do. See, I, I find a lot that's of... That's what I do. I mean, just, fuck it. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. A lot of these agreements kind of resonate with things I already believed or held true. Mm-hmm. So I kind of found that interesting. Yeah. Um, but I like the whole without sin, that whole thing, that particular um story about that girl singing. Um yeah. Yeah, I like that story what do you, too. What do you what is your experience with uh 
be impeccable with your word, Chris. Well, similar with, you know, um, the angle that you're talking about of kind of realizing, right, it's like the negative messaging I received as a child, even if it came from a place of innocence. And also being a father and recognizing that about myself, it made me sort of like, it's one of those things that make you go like, oh shit, have I, you know, have I, how, how have I screwed up my children already? Um, you know, and, and, and the things that I said in anger or the things I said in annoyance that, you know, created these new inhibiting agreements. But the, the, the plus side of that is it, and as the book kind of goes into is that these things aren't set in stone, you know, the work can be done to counter them. But it's it's not you know it's not like it just takes you know a one statement and it's over. It's it's a daily practice to to work on cracking it. And that's what I the other half of what I like about the the first agreement is 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 working on that from day one. You're not only helping yourself, but you're helping others. But part of that is like what you're telling yourself. You know, by being impeccable to your work to others and to yourself. So not you know like if you go to work and you're just like oh God today's gonna suck. Like, well, you just made that agreement versus if you can try and just will yourself into saying like, you know what, today's, I'm, today's going to be a better day than yesterday. And that's something I've always believed that you set, you're the one who's setting how your day goes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I've said for the longest time to people, like, as I'm parting, like, enjoy, you know, enjoy, mm-hmm. you know, enjoy life, like try and enjoy it. You'll get some, you know, juice out of it. Um, Yeah, exactly. And, and too, especially like, and it's neat seeing the, you know, the, the, the rays and vibration in others, but also within myself. Um, I certainly started seeing it in the beginning of me trying to implement it, even though I wasn't even talking about it. You remember way back, um, you know, I, I would talk about being, you know, working at this grocery store and everybody being so just stressed and, and yeah. bitter. And I would try and just be that positive mindset. Um, this was this was part of what influenced that and, and trying to just be very sort of impeccable with my word towards them. And I would see people start to lighten up in front of me and also with myself. And there's even one thing, too, I'm still working on, although this kind of connects with um, law of attraction stuff. But, I mean, they coincide. But the idea of, um, from this Esther Hicks, she said something about like, when you wake up the first, I think it's either seven or 13 seconds when you first wake up, like it's the, the value of just making, giving a positive self-talk to yourself at that point really sets that sort of intention and grounding for the day. Cause I'm horrible about first thing in the morning when I wake up, it's one of the worst things. I, first things I say in the morning to myself is fuck. <laughs> you know, like God, I'm tired. Oh, I don't like, want to get I mean, up. Would you rather not wake up? I mean, it was just sometimes like, be grateful that you woke up. Do you really? I mean, no, like, I mean, like, look, I'm not like kid? I'm gonna be dead. Yeah. Not to be dead, yeah. but like I want to keep sleeping. But I'm a horrible no. sleeper. Like I stay up too late, and I used to What's be. What's your own fault? Yes, these are all things you can control. Of course, thank you. But I'm just being. I'm being transparent. That I I'm I'm a sh- I t- well, I'm a sh- solid. I'm a shitty talker to myself in the morning. Be solid and um and and that one wipe situation going. So so I <laughs> and so this this one thing kind of was like okay I'm going to work on you know when I first wake up I'm grateful to be alive. Uh, it's gonna be a good day. You know um, I'm gonna have some delicious coffee. 
And, and that has helped me have more uplifting mornings and days and such. Um, you know, and I know I'm not alone with, you know, of, of people waking up and first thing they, they say to themselves is all this negative, you know, negative stuff. Um, so that's, that's one way and being impeccable to my word from first get go to myself has been, it's been helping me live a little bit more positive, at least in the first half of the day. But that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you got any more thoughts about the first one? Um, really trying not to say, um, I do not, I don't believe so, but was the notes I had. I wrote down a little bit. Good for you. Typed it up. Typed it up. Oh, I wish I was that organized. It took everything I had just to remember to find the book and bring it here. <laughs> well. Second agreement. That's... And this is one. This is one. I, 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 this is a huge one for me that I, I struggle oh, with. I struggle with. Oh, my God. And you probably asked one of my closest friends, if not my closest friend. No, you know, you know, this is huge for me, man. Don't take anything personally. Yeah, it's huge for me, too. It's something that I'm glad I was able to absorb a little bit of knowledge for. And the hack on this one that I appreciate is when you take everything personal, you're making it about yourself as opposed to everybody else and really become what you're trying, what you're not liking in other people, I suppose, if you're taking everything personally. So for me, the big thing I used to drive, like I could drive six hours a day, some days. And there's a lot of horrible drivers out there who just, from my opinion, don't care about how other <laughs> life goes, you know, like they just, the way they drive to me, the weavers, you know, the people who just kind of like come up on you and then all of a sudden move over to the other lane when it's totally, you know, like those kind of like pet peeves about driving always bother me to the point where it's just, I take it personally and I am so glad I don't have to do that anymore. I probably spend on a heavy week, two hours total on the interstate and maybe two hours total driving an hour of that on the interstate. If I want to, mm -hmm. um, you know, I can double it and not take the interstate for a trip or whatever. Um, but you know, my grandfather had a heart attack at 39 and I think I might've too, if I kept <laughs> being on the road with some of these people and not identifying that it was a problem. Um, you know, but I, I still wish a lot of these people would just like find a tree and take themselves out. And, you know, <laughs> that's wow. kind of how I feel because it's just like there's no courtesy with that. To me, I was raised that like a car is a tool and like you treat it as what it is, which is physic physics. When it comes to physics, it's like a two ton weapon you're pointing. Mm hmm. It can dramatically change somebody's life like that. Another hockey story, Vladimir Konstantinov, Russian. Like they were doing the right thing after they won the cup and the limo driver had no business like driving the limo. Um, but they were doing the right thing, hired a limo driver and he smashed into a tree and mm. Vladdy never played hockey again. Um, 
So, you know, I'm aware of physics and what things can can do in an instant, you know? So I just, I've always taken that super personally. Rhodes, like, I can't wait almost to the point where we have, like, a social score and cameras watching all these assholes. And then they can't drive anywhere. That's how I feel about that. <laughs> no, the news this morning actually, and I haven't I haven't watched the news, the local news in a long time. Um, and I happened to catch something. Um, there's a county around here, and they're 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 working on voting on a law that's going to force every gas station to have uh, cameras on the pumps, but also cameras uh, at the entrance into the convenience store, throughout the convenience store. Um, because said county is having so many uh, shootings and robberies that they're, you know, they're they're going to enforce that, um, pending the vote, of course. Um, and we kind, you know, you of know course, and we are. It was, huh? You know what county it was? To be honest with you, no, but I can find out for you afterwards. Was it a rural one or was it one of the more? No, I think it was one of the Atlanta ones. It, like it was probably DeKalb. DeKalb? If I had to go, yeah. Yes, I was but, about to say that. The, I feel like all the DeKalb County ones had that anyway, and that would be a leading one. Yeah. And then maybe Gwinnett. Uh, but I know that's not always the case. I know there's other counties and stuff that lead those lovely metrics as well. Yeah. But, but yeah, you know, um, that's, that's some great insight on yourself. It's like, man, I take, you know, that's a great example. Taking it personally, somebody cuts you off in traffic. Um, the last person they're thinking about is you. <laughs> which, which that statement ties into the third agreement. Because I feel like two and three really co- you know, really kind of work together. Because when you're taking something personally, which, okay, spoiler alert, the third agreement is don't make assumptions. But, um, you know, when you're taking something personally, there's a lot of assumptions there. You know, you're, you're assuming that they're not thinking about you. Um. Whereas maybe they weren't initially, but they are now. I mean, I've done that before. I've had some times when I am distracted, I pull out, I realize I just cut somebody off, and now I am thinking about them because I'm like, you know, fuck, they're mad at me. Well, you know, it's like you like, do the wave, sorry, you know, so sorry. You know, you know I, you know, like, I kind of, I kind of, you know, do that shy sort of, you know, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I don't know, you come into contact with way more traffic than I do. Um, that's one of the frustrations around here is they're doing construction on the interstate, which has been two lane for far too long, hasn't kept up with the growth around here. So it's just, it sucks. And they have <laughs> barriers. They have barriers the whole way. Like it's barriers. It's barriered in two lanes. There's no out. Yeah. So when somebody misjudges cutting somebody off and you know they fishtail them or whatever they do in the video games uh it affects a lot of people for a long time yeah <laughs> because there's no way out yeah um so i love getting to atlanta now when it opens up to eight lanes coming down 85 yeah but like but at the same time man but here like every day yeah um, it's I, expected though like yeah, I have at no, least the thought that I might be able to get up to Asheville in half. An you remember, hour. but no, they've they've changed laws for some reason here. Like you remember back in the day, I don't know when there there was always accidents on seventy five, eighty five, two eighty five, whatever. 
And they'd be like, oh, slow down, you know, two lanes blocked, one lane blocked. Now, for whatever freaking reason, they shut the whole highway down when there's an accident. Either that or accidents have gotten worse. But I do know there's been some sort of change in the roadside procedure that now, because of because of court cases and lawsuits, they they shut down like four, at least three or four lanes because they have to preserve the scene until so and so gets there, and they take all these pictures, and it and it slowed down the process. It's expanded the space that it takes for these accidents. And ev, I mean, I don't have this app, but for a while I had a I had an app that had traffic stuff, even though I didn't need it. So I got these notifications all the time, and. Every day, 75 was completely shut down, or 285 was completely shut down, you know, versus like, you know, slowed down. Um, so I don't know if you were experienced. You're that. not just talking about that time, like the whole interstate fell. When it no, no, there. I'm talking every day for like a year <laughs> until I finally got rid of that app. Yeah, right when the whole bridge fell. Yeah. Was that the fire? Was that the dude that set the fire? Um, it was the uh, person experiencing homelessness uh, had a camp that was a bunch of Georgia Department of Transit tubes, like water tubes, sewage tubes. I don't mm-hmm. know. It was all plastic type tubes. And I don't know. We'd have to look. The last I remember, like a fire. I don't remember if what the intent was, if it was a fire that was controlled that got uncontrolled or if it was somebody intently burning it down uh but yeah that shit caught fire and like melted the whole overpass and it just fell down yeah and then they chined that shit and had it done like what they like in a month or something like that i mean china would have had it done in like 14 and a half days but yeah it was quick. Yeah. Well, thankfully. I mean, they had a lot of pressure to do it quick. I mean, the major interstate interstate just shut down. Um and are already overcongested. I mean, you know, Atlanta, we have what, seven, eight lane highways in certain spots, and it's still just bumper to bumper. Um but, but again, it's expected. I think that's what the difference is. I still sometimes right, have sure. this feeling like out here in western North Carolina, don't move here. Um, but it's so I should beautiful. be able to move freely and see things and go do what I want to do. I shouldn't have to deal with this traffic like it's. But they didn't keep up. They've been talking about it. I knew in my previous employment. I knew people that said that they were talking about doing what they're doing now for thirty years. Mm-hmm. So, but assumptions. I also agree. It's a tough one for me, and they do tie in together. Yeah, yeah, and in exactly, and even in the book, they kind of do sort of they they talk about one and then the other, but they do kind of mention how they you know you, you could almost switch the order, or you know they kind of bump you know they both even when you're taking things personally, there's a level of like you're making an assumption, and when you're making an assumption, there's a level of you're taking you know something kind of personally. Um, but definitely, it got me you know back to the grocery store thing. I that was when I was really sort of in my head trying to work the agreement of somebody would do something that I took personally, 
or, you know, I recognize it. I'd be like, okay, like, I don't know why, why am I taking this personally? You know, this person is just trying to get their item or, you know, this coworker is just, just wanting to get the job done. You know, I don't need to take what they said personally, how they approached me personally. And I would realize that, that, um, that at the core of, of that irritation I was feeling or frustration, it was a lot of assumptions of their intentions or a lot of assumptions of, of the whys behind their stuff, about how they were behaving. Um, and so it kind of got me in this place the more I kind of thought about it or started having more experiences where the door might open up where I would get to talk to them. I, I wouldn't come up and, and necessarily say like, hey, why'd you come at me like that? Um, but there were a couple little opportunity things where it did pop up and I would kind of find out, you know, the why behind it. And it never was, you know, what, what I was imagining it to be is the point. Um, you know, kind of like there's a, there's a friend of mine who's got a great line. He says, you know, um, 90, 95% of all our fears, you know, never turn out the way we imagine them. Um, and and then and then he follows it up with and like or he actually quotes somebody and then he says and I would argue it's really ninety nine percent, and I feel the same way about my assumptions. You know they're they're never quite as as bad as I as I make them out to be. Of course, I am also that guy that wakes up in the morning with a bunch of negative thoughts that I have to willfully change to something more positive. I mean, it's probably why all your hair fell out. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Look, just because we're talking about the we're just because we're talking about the second agreement doesn't mine, mean you can start throwing bones at me. I don't think mine's too far. <laughs> I will drop this agreement in a in a <laughs> like like <laughs> that. Start taking this personal. <laughs> Your head's taking it personal, man. Oh, All that negativity. Goodness. Oh, <laughs> Your hair's like, no, we must leave. You got wavy hair there. It just waved goodbye. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, it's oh, funny. Boy. I'm trying to grow my hair back. Not not gonna... from the bald spot, but I mean, just grow my my long hair back. Like, have yeah. long hair again. You're yeah. going to do that look, huh? Oh, I'm totally going to do that look. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Don't get a van again, please. No, no, it's, no vans. It's it's I'm a 2022 dad, so I got the I got the the soccer mini SUV, <laughs> the modern day version of it. You, you know, drive like a Murano or something like that. What'd you call me? Huh? What'd you call me? Blow it out your <laughs> Murano. Yeah, no, yeah, I drive the Murano. Um, a rogue, rogue. You are a rogue. rogue one, rogue one. So, do, you got anything else to say about don't take it personally? Besides, traffic, mm. traffic is a big one. For I thought you. we anything already. Else? I was assuming we had already moved on to don't make assumptions. I mean, kind of, but we kind of. I'm kind of combining them, but don't take it personally. Don't take whatever. Bro. <laughs> but I had assumed that's what we did. <laughs> Gosh dang it! But Chris, you know what? Uh, I always want you to do your best. Thank you. Uh, I'm not ready to segue into the final one yet. Dang it. What time is it? I keep hitting the mic. Um, 
Well, just one more. Well, I guess, yeah. I, but I don't know. The, the whole don't take it personally thing, though, is, again, like, that's the one that I... I really struggle with. And so doing, you know, I've talked about before about how like doing the podcast, it's, 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 it's more of a therapy for me. And one of the big things too, by having these discussions and talking about these things, it reminds me of like getting back in touch and back, you know, on base with, with, with incorporating these things because I guess you would have had to take the whole conversation we had last week is don't take it personally, huh? Is it good that those notes were all over your house when I was like, Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah 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 exactly um yeah you know and it's and something you know so yeah you know don't take it personally and don't make assumptions and again because i yeah i make all those things and but i had that i it is naturally tying into it. you know you're leading the charge correctly man into the fourth agreement which is always do your best right um, what I like about this agreement too is, is, is how he mentions, um, it's not about perfection. It's about just trying and recognizing that, you know, as long as you're giving it your best, your best doesn't have to be a hundred percent. Like if you're tired and having a bad day and, you know, and you're, you're being grumpy, but it, but you know, there's a perspective of it as like, you know, just being grumpy, you're doing your best. You know, you know what I mean? It's like, it's also like sort of giving yourself a pat on the back when you do sort of, it's like giving yourself allowance to recognize like, hey, you know what? I did my best. It's like, it's all about having integrity, I guess. Is that, it's, it, you've, have you gotten that far? Is it someone that's just listened to it recently? I, I don't know if I've, if time has sort of blurred my perspe- perception of this. So it got a little fuzzy. I was raised with that belief in that kind of, structure and talk and all that so it wasn't something that you know then kind of sucks that people have to read this book to have that <laughs> um and well I think you're it was referring to like always of, trying to do your best versus like yeah you know be perfect there's no perfect yeah. it's always just like yo your spaceships are puck here's some tools go out into the world and buy your spaceship you know mm-hmm. like uh and do as far as like with school and stuff it was always you know do the best that you can because that's what you're you're supposed to do yeah and 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 i had that sort of environment that and it's hard for me to really pinpoint how it why it was more of a perfectionism version of that it's like always do your best but it was followed by like you didn't do good enough you aren't, you know, you're not making a good enough grade. Were you ever doing you know? good enough? <laughs> I mean, like, what I, mean, what, what? I mean, I never felt that way. I always had that feeling of like, you know, I have to meet grades? a high bar. I mean, like, I had like A's and B's until I got until I got burnt out, and then when I got to like late middle school into high school, that's when it started like slipping. But you so know. that's that's something I, I, you know. There should always be context for what you're able to accomplish. I think that's something that's missing from that equation that you just described. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you should have been recognized for <laughs> the grades that you were maintaining. Um, and it kind of said like it kind of sounded like you said you always thought you could do better. That's true. That's true. So like what were yeah. your parents saying through this? Like, well, you know, they, it's yeah, you don't know. 
I mean, yeah. Well, you know, it's fucked up, and I'm and I'm gonna say it with anger right now because I am breaking one of the uh, agreements right now. Number three, I'm assuming my mom's listening to this, and so I am afraid to be genuinely honest about how I feel. Like I am filtering myself right now because Mm -hmm. I want to be like, oh yeah, my mom this and that. When and I'm even getting angry right now because the truth is, it's like as I remember it, it was just it was like you know you're not doing good enough. You could do better. Good job, but you got a B in this one class. Why'd you get a B? You know, and and or you know, I don't know. I remember getting in trouble for a lot of stupid little shit. And and I think and and yeah, and it's you know, and see, I'm still even ma- I'm mad about it right now. Um, you know, to and and like I said, I, I feel like I got burnt out. Um, until I started, you know, getting C's and then getting grounded, you know, and stuff like that for those. But instead of having right, any sort of like, you know, recognition of like, you know, good job, you know, did you try your best? Well, that was good enough. I never, I don't felt like I got the messaging of like, you know, what you trying your best is good enough. Even if it's not a hundred percent, it was like, no, you need to get, you need to reach those high goals. And I think it came from a place of love. I think they're, you know, I, I, of course, I don't think, you know, of course it wasn't malicious. They were like, you know, they were just doing the, you know, what everybody thought, you know, this is, this is 40 years ago, you know, pre, pre a lot of, you know, self-help stuff nowadays, you know, and it's just like, it was, it was the correct thing to do. Just, you know, encourage a kid to, to do above and beyond. Whereas I think you're describing more of a, you know, a parent that was like, you know, always do your best and your best is good enough. Which implies a sort of like, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, up to said standard. It's just as long as you're giving it your all. Um, I was also told that like Santa Claus wasn't real. So like I didn't have that like parents lying to you, you know, type thing, you know. And also what's twisted about it to the whole, which we we have that thing. We don't like the Santa Claus because we don't like the, right, the thing of like Santa Claus rewards you for your behavior. Um. We, we try to like, yeah, I don't know. Because I did have that growing up, right? It was like, you know, it was even a joke in the house. My dad used to joke about how like, because of the way we acted this year, Santa was probably going to give us like a lump of coal. Yeah, you know? I think and, that everybody had that growing up. I don't think it exists anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you might offend somebody or make them feel not wanted. <laughs> I know we've still been kind of struggling because we tried to kind of redefine Santa Claus and then we got so much pushback from our family on both sides of because, you know, all the grandparents, they, you know, they they want to experience that that classic Santa Claus, you know, thing or they'll teach the classic Santa Claus thing without realizing that it's something we don't really want to pass on. Because our our, you know, and so what we ended up kind of coming up with was we wanted to embrace. Excuse me. We wanted to embrace Santa Claus, um, but then when the time came that she questions it, you know, like you know, we would say, "Good job, you know, you're such a smart girl. You're right. M- Mommy and Daddy are Santa Claus. We have been giving you gifts because we love you. And now, since you're such a, since you know, you're such a smart girl, and you you ask these questions, um." And you, now you know, you know, that Santa Claus is really, you know, this, I mean, I don't know if we use the word metaphor, basically like Santa Claus is just, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's not a person, it's an act. 
Now you get to be Santa Claus or somebody. Like we're teaching that Santa Claus is the act of giving without expecting something back, without even expecting, you know what I mean? Like even like getting the recognition. It's just like just unattachedly just giving something out of love. And so it's like, okay, now who do you want to be Santa Claus for this year and give a gift to, you know, anonymously? And so, gotcha. yeah, that's our, that's our, that's our idea we're, we're toying with. Um, but so far, yeah, we've, we've got kind of the classic Santa thing going on. Oh, Although nice we really try to all def- down. It's all commercialism. Yeah. I mean, well, and that too, I mean, especially the, the ton of gifts. Well, and all also our version of Santa Claus is uh, stocking stuffers. And again, that's just because of the grandparents. Like they get so much stuff from the grandparents, which is cool. And, and, you know, and we're, we're loving it while it's a thing because we, because I anticipate that it will begin to <laughs> shrink as they get older. Um, but, and you know, my uh, wife, Rebecca, she's not I, about materialistic I, stuff. I was around them when they were younger. I don't remember the Christmases getting any smaller for uh, your sister-in-law's kids. Mm. I mean, like appropriately. So probably like, as they get to be teenagers, you know, you just get like one big thing or whatever. Well, I guess yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, but yeah, we've 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 kind of Santa's a, a stocking stuffer in our in our house. He, he literally just what he can fit in that sock, um, you know. But sounds a little risque. Yeah, you guys you know. uh, living out some. Never mind. No, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Some red hot chili peppers type stuff fitting in, in the sock. Oh. <laughs> oh oh so i said a little risque a little risque that's okay i don't know if that that hit for you yeah now let's now we're now we're dating ourselves was that 90s reference about four agreements being old i don't know yeah people not like the red hot chili peppers i think people like them but i don't think everybody gets the sock reference like like we do, you know, they put socks on their dicks. They put socks on their penises and they went and performed a show like that. And, uh, yeah. Did one of them fall? I heard, one of the socks I heard it was a swinging good time. This is why we're the best mental health podcast on, on the, uh, on your app. Where there are else? multiple ways to get ahead. <laughs> the show there are multiple ways to get ahead this is sir puck doing his best ladies and gentlemen (laughs) wow way to do your best i'm so much better than this (laughs) oh but yeah it's so man to bring it back around um but always doing our best you know again what i really appreciated about this agreement was again the balance how it how it how it validated um you know, if you, you know, that your best doesn't have to be perfect. And for me, for whatever reason, that was, that was what I needed to hear. Um, you know, gave me, gave me a little different perspective on doing my best. And that was, and I had to do that too. And so that was how I incorporated it is when I would get, cause one of the biggest people I get most irritated with is myself. And, and when I'm, when I hit that uh, irritation with myself on like trying, cause, and, and they all combine, like, I don't think I'm doing well enough because I'm making an assumption that somebody else has the high standards for me that I have for myself. And so there's a level of taking it personally that I can't spell out that great. 
So the always um, do your best is the part you're thinking of that like says it's all it's all it's agreements one, two, and three ideally is how you achieve agreement number four by uh integrating the first three agreements into daily life, also living to one's full potential. Yeah. And by being impeccable with your word too, especially to yourself, right? It it can empower you to just be just be living your best life and doing your best and then by incorporating the first three agreements and doing the best they can in all facets of life, individuals will be able to live a life free from sorrow and self-ridicule. You sad, Amen. dumbass motherfucker. Amen. I'm going to take that personal. What was that? Where did that come from? I. It's what people do. <laughs> Anything Every else? Morning. Anything else you got on? Um, what are we on? Like best? a time crunch here? Well, you are. I, we're doing good on time, though. We got like yeah, we're, we got like no another crunch. hour. So I have no crunch over here. Yeah, but um, there is. So I had just learned. We're well, we, yeah, we did bring it up in the beginning of the podcast that there is a fifth agreement. Excuse did me. You know what it's about? Did you did you do your homework on this? Yeah, because I have no idea what it is. If the I just uh, know he did it with his son. If the, uh, wrote the book, he wrote the book with his son. Just to be clear, there. Sorry for that. I don't know if you guys heard me blowing snot out of my nose. Hopefully, the no. noise gate catches it. Um, I know snot. What you speak of? Oh, come on, that's not funny, man. Um, be, but yeah, I didn't know about a fifth agreement until right how I mentioned earlier. And then that service this this last Sunday, they it was based around the fifth agreement, which I have not read this book yet. I haven't even really read up on it. My whole perspective of this is from that talk, um, which maybe I'll I might throw in the show notes. I'll we'll see. But it's be skeptical, but learn to listen. That's super cool. Yeah. I liked it too um, because I I like being skeptical, and I think the other half of it is something super useful. Mm-hmm. Learn to listen because if you're going to be skeptical, you should be listening. Uh, and I sometimes find myself not doing that mm-hmm. often because I just don't want to listen to stupid people. But you know, whatever. That's probably me just assuming. Yeah. Well, and this is where like the and again like it's. This is one to maybe come back to because I haven't read the book. And the, the talk, it's not the version of skeptical that at least I have assumptions on, on like, for example, like, you know, you and I being from the, from the media deconstruction side of things, you know, being skeptical Just of... Call yourself a conspiracy theorist, Chris. It's okay. The first step is acceptance. I, as being somebody who questions <laughs> everything and is skeptical of everything, um, it's not really what it's referring to. It's almost sort of talking. It's it it goes at the core because it's skeptical. It's it it points out being skeptical of yourself as well, and skeptical of your perception, and and skeptical of falling towards. And and you know I don't have the language right, but but so but this is so this is horribly paraphrasing. But like back to the core yeah. root of like our perception of the dream, our sort of misperception of reality because of, of all the 
all the you know agree you know the the lies or agreements the the things that disconnect us from truth that all all those things are, are that we experience is what we should be skeptical of and the way that we are but the the, the answer to that is to listen to to cut off that inner dialogue and just take life in at face value so that was you know, yeah, that that was kind of part of the talk, at least. And it was something, again, like, I want to get this book and check it out because, you know, it it was not what I was expecting when, you know, the whole, the, how they used, the, you know, their angle on skeptical. But I definitely could under, relate and understand to the learn to listen, um, especially on my end, because that's been something just in general I'm, I'm working on in, like, the, the, the idea of just being able to freaking just sit and just be fully present and take in what somebody says and not like daydream off or not be stuck in my head or not like, mo- you know, like a lot of people do or I do at least, you know, it's like you're not really listening. You're 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 coming up with your rebuttal or your comment or, you know, what you're going to say next. And it's just, you know, letting that go and just fully taking in what's being said or even fully taking in, you know, the world around you. And I've been having to incorporate this practice of, of, um, because somebody will be talking to me and I will just completely check out and I don't mean to, it just kind of happens and I snap back and whether or not it's actual disassociativeness, you know, that people get diagnosed with or whatever, it was suggested to me to start um, touching something like they have, like you can have a token with me. I've just started like, I'll just start scratching myself in a spot and something about that physical sensation keeps me, keeps my focus grounded to be able to not like drift off. That's a slippery slope. Yeah. So, but what about you? How do you, how does that saying, I don't know. So I drifted off and forgot what you were talking about. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't blame you, dude. <laughs> don't blame you, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know enough about it, and I can't really find a good read on it anywhere. So, yeah, I... Well, maybe it'd be homework for us. It's this is this is sort of a part no. one, and we'll come back after we've read the fifth agreement. I'll read the fifth agreement, like it's on my agenda now. Um, mm. So maybe on like episode thirty-three, we'll uh, we'll come back around. We'll circle around. How dare you? How dare you use the holy number for an agenda? <laughs> you see what I did there? It's horrible. Yeah, man. Oh, so terrible. I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. I just don't know how to feel. Well, it's a magic number. I'm just setting an intention. I'm manifesting an episode, a specific episode for us. And what better way to do it than incorporating a magic number? I just don't know how I'm going to cope with now. I, we have to sit on this episode for like a week and a half, almost two weeks. It's it's insane. I thought you were trying to get us to a weekly schedule here. Man, it's not, not the first you know. time we've done this, though. Oh, I didn't care before. Clearly, I care a lot more. Can you not hear me better? I can tell. Yeah. And I can't hear you better right now. Yeah. Oh, there's thunder off into the distance. That's probably what my internet was scared uh, of. Okay. That makes sense. Out here in the hills. Yeah. But yeah, so um, 
But yeah, thanks for talking to me about the four agreements. Like I said, I thought it was really cool that it was something you were you were listening to. So just trying to better myself, man. Yeah. Uh so I take all the credit for it, but I do uh this podcast helps a little bit just because you're like I said, what? Jesus, do I really feel that way? It gives you a little moment of because uh, nobody really cares. As far as I know, nobody's given you any hate mail about me that you've shared. Well, uh, you know, you say that, and I, you know, I'm going to challenge that belief because we we run into this every week. You 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 bring up that we never get any feedback, and it's almost like that you're really, perceiving you're just not sharing it with me. You're perceiving you're perceiving. It's almost like, and I'm making an assumption. Oh God, you're <clears> right. Because like Munster's been up in there, but like he's Mister Positive. It makes well, me feel- I mean, does does to have a does. To have a podcast of value, does it have to be proved to you by having someone take the time to email me? I mean, that would be a big step. (laughs) I appreciate your honesty. (laughs) You know, because I've gone through that. Like, I went to this thing with, like, the numbers, you know, when we first started. You know, I had, like, you know, stars Ah, in my eyes. They're all And, uh, you know, or, like, the money that we would get in. And we went, like, all these episodes without, you know, nobody donating except my mom. And, um, you know, which that makes a grown man feel special. Right. And, uh, you know, and then, and then, you know, and I had to kind of work on it and realize supporting your, your, your chosen profession, Chris, what other profession can you go into where you, you know, for a fact, I mean, besides being unemployed, you know, for a fact that your mom gave money or you. I don't know if I call this my chosen profession, but it's. But that's where I'm coming from with like doing the podcast. It's a bit of a hobby. It's a bit of a hobby because I don't want to have. I enjoy I so. doing it, and and I want it to be something fun. And you know, because again, like like with no agenda, we listen to, and that's where the value for value model comes that we that we use. They incorporated that model because they didn't want to be beholden to advertisers, but. And and they recognize it, and they don't really necessarily spell it out, but it does come up in a ways. But while they're not, they would rather be beholden to their listeners, which they respect by calling them producers, rather than to um, you know advertisers. Now I'm not the healthiest individual, and and I'm working on that. And this podcast is helping me grow. You know, we've been talking behind the scenes on that stuff. So my biggest thing about the feedback was. You know, somebody emails me and says, like, I don't appreciate how you said such and such. I will not want to do that anymore because I'm afraid of losing a listener. That's why I put the warning thing on the World of Triggers episode, because I was afraid of losing listeners because of, you know, my value of it was maybe on potential money coming in or potential listenership, you know? And it got me sort of realizing, like, no, why are you doing this? Like, is it important that people listen or is it important just to be in the practice? Is it important, you know, is this about, you know, entertaining people or is it about, you know what I mean? And I just started going in, into this whole circle there. And and the answer is not as cut and dry. Like, of course, I want to entertain people. Of course, there's ego attached to this. Um, but, you know, and, and of course, I would like people to listen to hopefully, you know, hear something that uplifts them and makes their day. Um, but I also can't be attached to those results. And that's the thing that I'm, I'm working on. And I guess that's what I am also expressing with the whole, like, did we get feedback? Cause I just, I don't want to allow myself to get into that sort of, you know, it's not successful unless X, Y, and Z happens. Cause then I have an expectation 
Yeah, and, so you're way too serious about all this stuff for sure. Um, and you know, that's how I approach it. Is we're just kind of having fun talking what will be will be. I don't really ever expect to have a huge audience. Good, um, we're on the same page. And, and I feel like <laughs> this conversation is way too far ahead of, of where we are and all that stuff. And just for the record, I almost threw up when I heard the, the trigger warning. I didn't even make it all the way through um, because it doesn't represent like what I feel like we should be aiming for. Like to me, there's so many podcasts out there. Like nobody should, nobody's gonna, they're going to do whatever they want. Right. I, I can't, I don't have any control over that, but I also don't have the email address, but I also understand like, Generally, 20% of the feedback you're going to get online is going to be negative um, if we ever do get numbers. So keep mm -hmm. that in mind. Yeah, that's a great um, point. And, that's a great point. And to me, you know, like we did have a conversation, a conversation, um, and you even said that like you maybe didn't need to do that, you know, as yeah. far as the the, the pre-roll thing. There. I'll say it right now. I did that out of fear. I did that out of fear. Um, and I also did it because of the company connection that I had set up for the show, which has been dropped now, um, which yeah. I, which it was more just to free me up emotionally, but also liability purposes too, of, of, for whatever reason, you know, it's just, it just needed to get cut. And, but that was one of the big reasons why I put that warning label on because of all that bullshit, you know, surrounding all the, the COVID-19 stuff, you know, and I got scared. Yeah. I got scared of like, you know, what happens if. You know, we get a, you know, you know, taken off of something or put a warning label on or get labeled this and labeled that. And, um, and, you know, and I, I, you know, I, it, it was a fear based thing and I don't want to be like that. And I'm grateful that you, you know, called me out on that. Um, you know, uh, I can't go back and take the warning label off, but, you know, I think it's cool that we're having this discussion on air about it, you know, let people yeah. know it's like, you know, I, I I see, you know, but that's what's also great about the podcast is, and I hope for the listeners, is seeing the growth in both of us, you know. And that was something I mentioned in that warning that you you threw up and didn't listen all the way through to. Um yeah. was though that that, you know, I felt like, you know, I expressed well, that I, I made it that far too, and I felt that was kind of just a little like I don't know. Well, I think it's cool seeing us grow and change and like maybe it is, back. it is, it is. But yeah. you know, you know, I'm just I don't want to make it about me. That's right, because we're supposed to keep it about me. Remember, right? <laughs> uh, but no, so yeah, and and you know, so it's it's now you know we've gotten off track and kind of lost touch of where I am. But we agree, you know, I agree with you. It's like right, I don't want to have warning labels on anymore. I want to be more off the cuff. I want to, and 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 to bring it back around to the four agreements, um, you know, because a lot of that is is fear based stuff. That the four agreements is to help, you know, you know, get me out of because you know again, there's the assumptions that like there's a lot of fear based assumptions there. Somebody's gonna hear something I said. And and complain or or you know contact somebody about it. There's you know I would take it I, you know I may take it personally if somebody emails me and then you know and then you know and and again too back to the fourth agreement or you know now agreement number one be impeccable with your word um, 
I certainly don't always follow that on the podcast and sometimes purposefully for entertainment purposes. I don't, you know, like, I don't know if you want to get into like what curse words are, but if those are, if you're cursing, if that's necessarily being impeccable with your word, but you know, I like to drop them just to be a little more real feeling and you know, whatever. But the, uh, but then always doing your best again, it's, 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 you know, for me to always do my best and recognize like I want to do my best on this podcast and being genuine and authentic and, you know, but also recognizing that when I am being authentic, it's good enough because every episode, right, I go back and do it and I think, oh my God, this is the episode where we're going to lose listeners or this is the worst one yet. Or like, God, I sound like such an idiot. You know, all those things instead of like really having that agreement with myself of I did my best and it's good enough, you know? Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't need to make assumptions on what other people think about it, and not let it define me. You know, See, that's that's might be what's wrong with podcasting these days is it's too easy to make a podcast. You, sir, should have come to terms with all these things before making a podcast, or at least do it anonymously like me, and just don't give a fuck. Yeah, uh huh. I know, Mister. <laughs> I like to bring that up too. It's like, yeah, uh huh. We should do all these things. Uh huh. Let's 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 put your real name up there. <laughs> See how you feel now. How uh, read gonna... the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah, counterintuitive approach to living a good life by Mister Mark Manson. I'll put that on my uh, list. He drops the f word a lot. Does he? Yeah. Well, I mean, with a. Title: The subtle art of not giving a fuck. Well, in I mean, big bold black letters against the orange backdrop. Yeah. Nothing fucking wrong with that. You just said something about cursing and how it's evil and the devil, like Ghostbusters too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I said no. I just, I just mentioned. You like, were alluding. I thought I was alluding like, to oh, it. Like, well, there's a level of like. um I mean, like, I want to be, so back to the whole, what you're talking about being impeccable, like without sin, you know, how do you define that without sin? And I think it has to do, because like, I mean, some of the most, some of the most, like, because recently I've gotten to know some people that are very, that are, that are healers, like in holistic scenes that are, that are these, you know, artists that do these, you know, church shows, not, not like Christian churches, but still, you know, and they are some of the most divine people I've ever met and they curse. You know, so and 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 I, but we're all human too. So there's like, you know, of course there's a human side of things, but it's like I I don't necessarily think the curse word itself is bad. It's just it's like anything. It's how you use it. I mean, I could not use a single curse word and say something to someone that will be, you know, will put sin on them, so to speak. You know, that'll make them feel less than. Um, versus, I could be jovial with somebody and having a good time and say, oh shit, and it's it's got a humor element about it. It's got an uplifting tone, you know, it makes people laugh. And I don't think that just because it's simply that word. So that's what I'm expressing. It's like, I try to use, and, and from a performance standpoint, and especially again, our podcast, cause I like having a mental health podcast that sounds just, you know, it's like a couple bros having a conversation, a couple dudes, Oof. um, you know, instead of having, you know, like we, you know, I'm, I like to make fun of, of that, like, you know, you know, that, you know, having that, that sound of like, yes, hi, we're going to talk about our feelings today. How do your feelings feel, Sir Puck? Tell me. 
Oh, wow. I don't know if I really lost you or if you're just giving me comedic timing. Mm. Oh, no. Mm. Sh shit, I did really lose you. Yeah, you totally dropped out. Welcome back. Thunder out there. In the All right. Well, let's wrap it up once you're kind of coming back in. Coming back that shit up. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. But yeah, I was just saying, um, you know, so I use I use curse words, you know, a little bit purposefully. But I think I think there's a level of, you know, it's not necessarily being, you know, sinful with your word necessarily use them. It's just all about, you know, intention of of how you of how you're expressing yourself to others and to yourself, you know, and just why are you apologizing for my Internet, man? It's good to have you back. <laughs> You're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> like, why are you apologizing for my shitty internet? <laughs> I'm apologizing to you. I was saying, I'm sorry, man. I'm gonna go on to the show. I gotta I gotta keep uh, the ball rolling. That's I was I was apologizing to you. Don't apologize to me. Look at me assuming Jesus. I, I never will do that again. Um assume. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Degree of Experience podcast. Assume. <laughs> What'd you call me? All three of them. <laughs> I know. I don't mean to be disparaging. Uh, you do a good job of it, though. Thank you all for listening to the Degree of Experience podcast. Oh my god, that, that was a sigh there. <laughs> Thank you all. Oh, he's already beating himself up. I am. I'm genuine on this podcast about that shit, man. Like, you know, I, and that's, that's the work in progress for me, man. It's just like, you know, and it has been the growth because going into this and, you know, and my significant other was telling me like, are you sure this is a good idea? <laughs> like putting, putting stuff out there where you got to just kind of accept it and, and own it and, and recognize that's, that's, that's you, you know, and if, accept feedback and yada, yada. And uh, and it's and again, you know, it's like I'm I'm getting better at it each Fighting podcast. With yourself before it even happens. Yeah, you're, you're you're arguing with that man in the mirror, aren't you? Yeah. Ow. Nice, nice Michael Jackson reference. Yeah. You know that's actually was the the last song of the Breathwork that we went to was like uh, the John Stringer that was there. That's that was that was a cover he did to end it. I was in the bushes, Chris. Yeah, I know. You're around the corner. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to Degree of Experience. Um, this is a next episode. We're not gonna get them so deflated, guys. We're gonna we're gonna boost them up. I'm gonna come up with a topic. Yeah. And maybe not give me such a hard time next time. <laughs> Busting my chops. Oh well, don't have such bustable chops, my man. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a little snowflake. What can I say? I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a soft millennial snowflake Dude, no, who needs trigger not. warnings. Who needs trigger warnings? Gen X. Who the fuck sold you on this <laughs> this damn millennial bullshit, man? You're Gen X. I thought. I mean, I wish I was Gen X. You know, but it, I mean, Google it, Mister Google Man. I don't subscribe to it. I me. Good for you. Yeah, me and my wife have the same thing of like we identify as Gen X, but I the early 1980s is Gen X. 
Mm-hmm. Generally defined until 1980, but I think 1983, 1982, 1985, not so much. And I, I think that's a little bit of a reach, but maybe the twos and threes, I think that's reasonable. I well, think anybody well, else is just trying to hide. Yeah. I'm trying to. Because, like, we're the MTV generation, man. No, that's for certain. Yeah, so that's, yeah. like, what we're generally... That's kind of the thing. Right, and grew up on grunge. I mean, that's why I feel like that I'm Gen X. Is because yeah. of the whole grunge growing, you know, up. Nirvana, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam. Independent, independent films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, those were good days. Before podcasts. You just got to dig a little harder for them. They're out there. Oh, there's still a lot of great music being made, too. I mean, I always tell people that, you know, to say, like, rock is dead or whatever. It's like, no, nah, man, it's just it's just underground where, it's, you know. It's because you're making it, my man. I mean, I am making some good stuff and putting it out there. But a lot of people, like, a lot of great bands that people thought aren't making music anymore, they still are. It's just... You know, you're not hearing it on the radio. You're not hearing, seeing it on. I mean, does anybody watch MTV anymore? I don't know, or whatever. You're. I, I feel like it's like now. Jersey it's like sure now. It's not music. It's not music, right? You know, it's 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 music whatever is on your now. It's what's on your feed, or it's what's on like the 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 suggested the thing on like it's the music behind a reel. That's how you really get music, like a uh, uh, an album promotion. Is you you get the social media aspect of it going. Mm-hmm. But I also wonder too about like the the homepage element of different services, you know, of like of like Apple or Spotify, you know. I mean, if you want to make them money. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not talking from. I'm not talking from a range of like me as an artist, where to go to. No, no, no. I'm going from like I'm. I'm discussing where people get their music from like in our day and age what's what's everyone's what's what's these kids these days these kids these days man what's their mtv that's my question spotify 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 and tiktok but if spotify and tiktok it's not like mtv like mtv you turned it on and it you were just seeing what they wanted to show you with spotify and tiktok right that's that's where i'm that's kind of where i'm leaning towards it's like you still are but it's sort of like you know the homepage, basically, personal. or the like. It's all hot. personalized, but it's still somebody showing you what yeah. they want to show you, right? There's still something in that mix, right? Um, you know, even mine, like I, you know, it's like Spotify. I used to really like Spotify in the beginning because I felt like it was good about suggesting new artists to me. But now, and maybe it shows something about my listening habits, but now it really shows me a lot more of like playlists of nostalgic tunes from like past decades instead of showing me like <laughs> new music that is Buddy, in those styles. Uh, you you switched demos. I'm sorry, it wasn't a... Uh, you switched demographics. I'm sorry, it wasn't a soft and slow transition for you, but yeah, just like that interesting okay i see your point right it's i'm i'm labeled as a, as a new demographic so it's like right it's all about retro stuff that they send me versus... although i do see see ones where it lumps in like 35 to 45 mm-hmm. but you know i still think you hit that magic number man you're up on that hill yeah i am i am on that hill and over it oh you're on top of it man i'm on top of it i'm always on top you... of it Doing my best. Doing my best, not taking things personal. 
and being impeccable with my word, especially words like thank you all for listening to the degree of experience podcast. (laughs) And, and, uh, if you guys had a good time, if you got some value out of this show, um, we're a value for value podcast. And we just ask that you please be kind enough to return that value you experience back to us by either your time, talent, or treasure. And if you would like to, uh, gift us with treasure, you can do that at our donation page of value dot degree of experience.com um links are also in the show notes uh for all this mentioned um but again as i said time talent and treasure um you know it time can be a donation to us if you would like to help spread the word share it on your social media um and then talents too you know i talked about needing the jingle at one point in the show you know i'm a musician i create a lot of the sound and music and art for this podcast but uh you know, anyone's welcome to to throw their hat into the ringer um, as a way of giving back. And um, what else we got there? I feel like I changed it up every time. We didn't have anybody donate this time. Oh, but I didn't want no, to No, mention- but everybody go and look at Comic Strip Blogger again. See, this is the type of value I will give people. You donate once, I'll mention you twice. At least csb.lol. Yeah, Comic Strip Blogger, man. CSB.LOL. CSB.LOL. And um, also, too, for anyone that does donate to the show, so the, the, um, what our sort of value in return besides the show is we will give you an executive producer credit on the following episode. Now, because we record these episodes, we typically record these on Tuesdays, a lot of times the Tuesdays before the episode releases every other week. Sometimes, like, I'm going to Gen Con next week, so we're recording it recording it on Tuesday immediately after a release. So if you donate, you know, if you donate now, it's, you know, if you donate on Thursday or Friday in between the two episodes, it, it will not be recognized on the following episode. So just understand that when you donate, um, you will get recognized, um, you know, it may not you be, will be. You will be recognized, recognized. but it, it may not be the, the 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 following episode you're anticipating because we may have already recorded it. Um, so just give Look it one you more. Assuming, assuming, and and projecting our listeners' wants and needs. Look at you, man. You're on it. Well, I'm also trying to do my best and and be helpful to people. <laughs> so back off. No, uh, <laughs> but you know so. So if, uh, yeah, so I just want to let anybody know if anybody's like, oh man, I gave him, you know, I gave him some money and I, I didn't, I didn't hear anything, you know, it's, it will. And, and please reach out to me, Chris at creative-transformations.org. Um, you know, and, and yeah, well, like I said, we'll, you'll get recognized, but if you don't get hurt, it's because we'd already recorded the episode at the time you donated. Um, and we already mentioned that we're not professionals, um, Am I forgetting something, Sir Puck? I feel like I got no, it. I think you've covered it all. Cool. Good deal. Well, again, thanks everyone for listening to Degree of Experience. I'm Chris Bargeron, and uh, I'm trying to make better agreements, including not taking things personal. See you guys. Thanks, everybody. Sir Puck, adios.
try and interrupt you and step all over you and irritate you. It'll be great. Who's the dad now, Chris? 